Arg, grog. Hey everyone, it's the Sideshed Podcast with me, Peter Fickling, Kerry Warbis and Matthew Weir. Well, hey guys, how are you doing? Uh, we've just watched football. Uh, it was absolutely dreadful. So uh, what should have been a massive kick up the arse in terms of our energy levels has actually probably left us feeling flat. So 45 minutes of talking nonsense about the archers might be the thing to resuscitate us. I didn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> You're lucky. What did you do in the last 90 minutes? I bet it was better than watching that. I was packing a bag for Lisbon, and uh, which I intend to go there in the morning. And um, I was setting up a little bit of tapas in the kitchen while I'm recording this, so people arrive and will be able to help themselves. Because mm, Rory could be going to Lisbon. Oh, it's a course. Yeah. Mm. Rory's sex holiday. Yeah. Do you think he'll go? Because he's, he's not happy at the minute, is he? Um, when... Julianne says to him, I mean, they had that, we're going to get, we're going to go um, arse about face here, aren't we? But I'm going to say that episode on Thursday, was it, where he met Julianne for the meal in the restaurant? Yeah. That was last night, wasn't it? And he had these, all of his doubts came out because she could see he was having um, some internal conflict about it. And then she threw in his face, well, you know. You get your rent paid, you get the car. Is she just saying she gives him the money to pay for the rent or is she literally paying the rent directly into the landlords? I think she's paying the rent. Yeah, that was the impression I get. Um, I'm going to do a super slick um, transition here, guys. Oh, yeah. Before we get back to uh, talking about Rory and his really uncomfortable relationship with Julianne, they're going to go on a short break. We're going to go on a short break. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Well, I think we can all agree that was a crass and deeply jarring attempt to um, get. What would it, what would it have been for you, Kerry? Ad break. What would the people have got? Oh, it's always either Asda running Brighton marathons or the lottery. Yeah, or maybe Putin finally stepped up like we asked him to a couple of months ago. <laughs> well, you know, we did, we did get a bad review for Saudi Arabia. Don't forget that we were ahead of the bell curve. Look, it's all Qatar now, or Qatar is best to say. But um, yeah, I uh, you were saying about. Uh, all the stuff that Rory gets for you know, as and Julianne finally said it for sex. She's what's how she how is it she put it? I enjoy the sex. Thank you. Yes, but um, you're getting a lot more out of this arrangement than I am, and I can take it or leave it, which is a lie, I think, because yeah. if she could take it or leave it, she wouldn't be getting so twitchy about him having a life, which she then, the next breath says, "What are you doing?" You know. Just very, very uh, mixed messages from her, isn't it? 
Mm, I did. I was making notes for it and I had like, I wrote, I'm neither upset nor offended. And then the next thing I wrote was psychopath <laughs> because she just, <laughs> she's saying it's fine. Oh, I don't mind. You can see who you want. And at the mm. same time, it's that thing where it's like, I don't know, it's like Schrodinger's MILF, isn't it? She's not controlling <laughs> you, but at the same time, she wants utter control at all times. Yeah, do you find it badly written? It seems implausible. Yeah, and, and I hope there's just some big stinging thing coming with Julianne later down the line, like some mm. kidnapping story where she... Do you, do you remember how Cracker was quite plausible at the beginning and then it very quickly got ridiculous? <laughs> like suddenly it's his son tied to a, like... The the Amex, not the Amex, the Arndale Centre with a bomb strapped to him or something. I feel like they might go full on with Julianne and really crazy shit might start to happen. It's a movie that's aged very badly, but we would have said in the past, we'd have said she's a, bunny, a bit of a bunny boiler. Yeah, I think. I hope I said that carefully enough. But yeah, I mean, everyone's everyone agrees that movie has aged very badly. But that would mm. be the kind of go to phrase, wouldn't it? I'm not sure I ever watched that movie all the way through. I'm, I know the bunny scene, but yeah. Mm. I still think it's there's so much that's very unlikely about the whole situation. You know, he's 20, isn't he? He said this week. Yeah, and quite plaintively as well. And I still don't get how it works for her that she takes a 20 year old to business functions and that somehow works for her in the business world. We I mean, forget about business functions. I mean, imagine one of us rocking up with a 20 year old on the, you know, Mm. Like, oh, yeah. Hi, Kerry. Hi, Kerry. Hi, Matthew. Yeah, this is Candice. So <laughs> <A> kid. <laughs> well, that's ruined our Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Candice, can you can you do one, please? <laughs> um, Candice, will you please stop doing skip right? So there's that side of it. Then there's the fact that, you know, one minute, like Jeremy, my friend, he was messaging me yesterday about saying, what's happened to the bookable slot thing? Now she's paying rent and a car. And the bonus that she gave the other day, didn't she? If the genders were the other way around, it'd be a very easy joke there, wouldn't there? About Rory's bookable <laughs> slot. But um, unfortunately, yeah. yeah. It was big old passive aggressive control stuff at the beginning as well, wasn't it? Because he went, sorry, I'm late. And she went, well, um, promptness was part of the arrangement. And he went, yeah, sorry. And she went, I'm joking. Mm. I don't think you are, mate. Yeah. yeah. And he, he can't tell when she is or isn't and... It was quite well played by him, I thought. You could hear him crumble and he's, I think he wants out, but yeah. she keeps dangling these amazing opportunities that will set him up in a really lucrative um, uh, career. God, he's 20. What were we doing when we were 20? A snake bite, snake. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think I was lying on my back somewhere in Budapest. That sounds wrong. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> I think we've touched on this before, but you know, in the in the early nineties, there just wasn't the same pressure on us in the same way as there is on young folk now. Mm. There was no I mean, I I ended up in London, I ended up working, but it was all just because it was fun, like the work was fun. There was never any kind of huge sort of master plan. And mm. then I look at kind of like my brother and sister who are a lot younger than me, or I look at, you know, some of their friends or just, you know, young friends I've got. And they're just, yeah, the pressure they're under is, is completely different. Uh, but I was also thinking 
there was that scene with Paul where he was opening up, starting to open up to Paul about his mum. And obviously that served mm. to show the kind of intimacy between them and the fact there was some genuine feelings. But also the fact that underneath it all, even though Rory's had the kind of the permanent home in Ambridge with Jenny and Brian, uh, super fit buff Brian, Kerry. Yeah. Um, but but there's always this kind of big hole in his life and this sort of impermanence and this kind of insecurity. And actually, he's probably quite vulnerable, and quite exploitable. Yeah, definitely. I I really hope him and Paul managed to work something out. It was good that Paul highlighted that, actually, wasn't it? That they've made Paul be this sort of stereotypical gay man in a lot of ways. However, it was good to hear him say, like, actually, what I want is a monogamous relationship and to settle down and I'm sick of being ghosted and mm. I'm not not into um, serial monogamy or whatever. He wants to settle down. And then I think Rory just presumed that he'd be up for anything. Yeah. And it took him a bit by surprise, I think, when he said, uh, oh, no, you know, I've seen JW's been texting you all night. Wouldn't you change the name in your phone? I mean, Jane W is pretty <laughs> innocuous, but you'd just change it to like Tutor or something like that, yeah. wouldn't you? Just say, yeah. oh, God, bloody Landlady. Landlady. Mm. Well, I mean, but she is, isn't she? I punched the air slightly when they started to give Paul, you know, when they were doing that, what Kerry was just talking about, where Paul was saying, yeah, I'm not really into that kind of thing. I mean, it might have been in the past, who knows? But mm. yeah, I just really appreciated the fact that we weren't going to, like you said, Kerry, get another cliched, mm. cliche of a gay man. He didn't get to see much of Rory at the Hunt Ball. That came out when he was visiting Lower Loxley with Al- Alistair to check on the pigs. But then Rory totally leaned into that job. We talked about it last week, didn't he? He loved it, like lording it over the surfs. He went into full-on landed gentry mode. Yes, mm. that was really unpleasant. Yeah, just didn't get any of that at all. And it's also uniquely awkward that Paul is talking to Alistair about the fact that, you know, this this kind of almost unrequited love he has. And at the same time, Alistair's talking back to him and saying, and Paul's having to say, is there someone else in your life? And <laughs> Alistair's going, well, there is this one person. But, yeah. um, That's a bit uh, like you, actually. You know. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Uh, I think you live with her, actually. Yeah. Um, and by the way, uh, your mum's blocked me on WhatsApp. So can you just give her this new directly, Paul? <laughs> They're going to have a party, though, aren't they? And again, it was there were two stories this week where someone was going, "Oh no, I don't want to do that. I'm not into that. No, I don't want a party, or I don't want to be in a choir." And the minute their totty was mentioned, the minute their genitals intervened, yeah, yeah. they were like, "Oh yeah, that's a great idea." Uh, I want Alistair to get with Denise. Do you think it's Paul, Paul's going to spot it, isn't he? He's going to be the one who goes, oh, my God, mm. look at this. There was a huge, huge pause when he said, um, "Say, well, say hi to your mum and dad. <laughs> 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 yeah, I did think Paul was going to suss it in their conversation this week. Mm. it's all getting there isn't it because he yeah. Paul said did you ever did you ever do anything for christmas and he said well your mum used to wear a, an elves outfit sorry hat i meant hat i don't know why i said outfit i was thinking outfit in my mind she wore yeah. different outfits yeah. i know you talked about it a bit last week but like paul is a very likable mm. yeah oh, hang on oh back up the truck peter last week big apology to everyone i edited out the part where we said where you were 
by mistake and caused mass panic. Um, yeah. Yeah, they, people, people got very scared that we'd offed you, Peter. <laughs> I nearly posted a picture in response on Twitter with, with a picture of the little um, hoodle in Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> 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 to be fair, I did, I, did, I did reference you when I said you'd be upset about Vince and Leonard. But yeah, mm. that there was a there was a big old messy chunk in the middle, and in the middle of it, Kerry said, "We haven't said where Peter is," and then we did that. Mm. Kerry basting me to turn me into pork scratchings. <laughs> do, you know what, do you know what, Kerry? If you were gonna if you were gonna turn any man into oh, a, a salty snack, I would be perfect for it at the moment. I fatten myself up, something oh, good. Um, so yeah, although COVID COVID knocked sixteen sixteen pounds off me, so that was pretty. Did good. it? Yeah, get a bit of COVID, guys. God, oh God! Yeah. I think I think it, I think I might be on the precipice of it, to be honest. Yeah, forget about noon. It's all COVID's the way forward. <laughs> yeah. So, um, the totty thing. What about George and the choir and him going no, 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 no? What's you know when you were a kid and you would be stuck in the room with you know watching um Roger Moore suck the face off some inappropriate young woman <laughs> and you're sort of like looking through your fingers because you're all embarrassed because your parents are there. Mm. That's how I felt listening to the George with uh, um um Fallon sing. I found it quite relatable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I bet you did. I thought you'd be really jealous. No, I I I I passed out and I came around around like yesterday afternoon i think after the monday's episode <laughs> yeah she touched his diaphragm well, did she that, touch that's, that's it inside, though I think, it? I, I think he just did he just show it to her i don't know well, well no she, he was she was saying it's it's just right there my six pack yeah yeah <laughs> i liked it when he described himself as a renaissance man you know i can set fire to post boxes illegally sell vacuuming mix you writing this all down fallon that was quite funny, wasn't it? Where she said, let's do some exercise. And he was like, oh, I'm always doing those press-ups, weights. Like, there was a bit of the anchor man about that, wasn't there? Like, you know, when he's kind of feeling like 52. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, do you think George is turning into a bit of a kind of Walter Mitty character? Like he's just, he's he's living in this kind of fancy world of all these kind of unattainable mm-hmm. goals. He wants to be a big businessman like... um. You know his mate Martin Gibson, and he's his 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 uh his love interest is a kind of thirty two year old hottie who's married to the married to the village fuzz. Wouldn't you say that Grundy's of previous times are like small scale Walter Mitty characters as well, though? Mm. Yeah, I suppose so. But why why was Fallon not twigging that she was turning into the caramel? I yeah, um, yeah. chocolate lady. Who is Miriam Margolis, which is quite funny, isn't it? Hopefully, and I say this with no emotional investment, hopefully she wouldn't ever consider George as anything other than a, her her friend and employee's son. So she doesn't see it. Like, it's a blind spot for her. So she just thinks he's being funny. But she doesn't being... talk normally to other people like that, does she? In my head, she talks to me like that. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I've edited every single episode of The Archers, so it's just her and I cut my speech into it. But, you know. Has <laughs> she touched your diaphragm? <laughs> not yet. We're working on that. I haven't edited this week's episode. <laughs> um, the, the choir thing, though. Um, the chronic choir. Tw- yeah. 
Yes. Someone on Twitter has realised that quite a few people in the cast, I think George included, um, actually can sing and play loads of instruments and stuff in real life. It's not uncommon for the, the young and, well, not just the young, everyone in the arts, they can they can, uh, mm. they can bang out a tune, can't they? And a few of them go to music as well, music and art college. Yeah. So they're all suddenly going to put on this, like, amazing show in the... Don't forget that Jolene is going to be involved in this. Oh, yeah, that's the not amazingness amazing. amazingness is not necessarily guaranteed. <laughs> well, she's going to go head to head with Fallon because they found out that they're all having the same idea at the same time. Mm. Um, Nick Cave wrote a piece about this where he said that it's there are multiple occurrences of famous songwriters writing very similar songs at the same time. And he believes that there's this collective consciousness that goes round. And people just have this same, very same similar idea. So maybe Fallon and whether it's something in the news or something like that, but he said even melody and chord structure, you can actually go back through the years. Yeah. Is it, isn't that just plagiarism, Matthew? There's a lot of plagiarism around. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is that. Yeah. They, they say that imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, don't they? But when people totally lift your ideas, thoughts and words another thing i would Ooh, say it's a thing oh, but there's a, there's a big <laughs> but there's a big motorbike in the background yeah all that excitement about fallon has set you off <laughs> that was a perler that was <laughs> we have a lot of bikers living around here and this is yeah, the kind of yeah, yeah, there aren't any oh, bikes oh for god's sake everyone knows that was a bloody motorbike um yeah, you, you mentioned editing didn't you matthew yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. Peter, don't turn that into a jingle, please. We mentioned Jolene and her terribleness. I mm. part of do do we think it's a bit of hilarious uh, seasonal fun, or does the thought of hearing Jolene singing just leech any possibility of entertainment out of it? I think Jolene's only horrible when she does sing. She's quite lovely in all other ways, but yeah. In, as far as Christmas shows go, I think a, some sort of carol concert type of thing is the preferable option out mm. of all of the things that they could come up with for me. As a proper mother with a, a daughter you can talk to, Kerry, what did you think of the whole kind of combative, sort of competitive um, bit where Jolene was basically like, oh, yours was just a silly little local band. I'm a professional singer. Bollocks. Yeah, I, well, I yeah, definitely it triggered my bollocks meter, but mm. um, well, a bit like Matthew just had just you know a few minutes ago. But but I did also sort of think, oh, that's a bit weird attacking mm. your daughter's successes like that. Oh God, definitely, definitely, especially as just prior to that, they'd been saying, oh, that's funny, isn't it? How we both had the same idea about the warm space, <laughs> and this is wonderful. And then next thing, they're at each other's throat. Well, no, Fallon wasn't. It was it was Jolene. I thought but Fallon I should have gone further. Yeah, she should have said like, well, do you know what, Mum? I'm opening a pub on the other side of the green called The Lub and we're going to do a Western and Country <laughs> Night. How do you f***ing like that? I would love, I would love Ambridge to become like um, that town where Adidas and Puma are, you know, famously, each side of the river. You know about that, right? Mm-hmm. No. I don't. Addy Dazzler, who started Adidas, his brother and he had an argument. They used to be part of this family shoe company. And so the other brother started Puma. And so if you go to this town, 
it's literally a town of two halves. On one side of the river is all Puma workers and Puma factories. And on the other half side of the river is Adidas. Oh, do they all wear their own shoes, as you call them? <laughs> Depending on which side of the river you live, yeah. Yeah, is that how you tell the two sides? Plimsolls, Kerry. Yes, they all wear the plimsolls of the fact from the factory they work in. I, I don't know. I, in my head, I, I want it to be like that. But yeah, that's that'd be good. Do either of you two know what I mean if I say daps? Yes. Kerry? Is it some sort of plimsoll? <laughs> yeah, but I kind of set that up, didn't I? But you, would you have known that if we hadn't? No, I wouldn't. No. Okay, daps, I think it's a specifically West Country thing, which is, I think why Peter probably knows. Yeah, oh. that's definitely something my grandmother said. Mm. Okay, because I know it changes wherever you are in the country. Well, be you know, but uh, Fallon has the premises. She could start, uh, you know, she could negotiate some longer hours, start selling glasses mm. of wine. You see where we, where I'm from, they were called BAPs. <laughs> yeah, that's it's so. It was so. It was so poor. Kerry's childhood. They had to wear their food. Yeah, wear <laughs> bread rolls. Yeah. Oh. That um, sounds like a thread that I saw on a certain Archer's Facebook page yesterday. Oh God. When I were young, we used to have to wear shoes on, um, we used to have to wear bread on our feet. And we loved it, though. Why is Tracy moaning about having to heat her house? Really? God, and she bought her tea bags because they were on offer. I think a lot of comments were deleted by the admins, but it was a little bit. Wow. What were they, what's the point, though? Are they saying she made her bed so she got to lie in it and... It's no no one else's fault but hers that she hasn't got any money. The original poster, I think, was starting to was trying to poke the bear, basically. And mm. most of the people, to their credit, later came in and said, "This is ridiculous. Why are you saying this?" And but there were a few early comments were which were a bit Daily Mail comment section, and they mm. seemed to vanish either by their publisher's own volition or the admin. But it was just one of those things where. You know, someone else uh, got in touch with me from another Archer's podcast parish and just said that Archer's Facebook is a is a bin fire stroke mm. shit show, and I was like, yes, I agree with that. Oh, Not, good, no, but we... except the people, except the people on our Facebook who are really well balanced and lovely people. Yeah, it does sound like it's a fun place, ours. It is, but we don't. You know, it's not as active as Twitter. Um, everyone's worried about Twitter going down the swanee, but I think Facebook is a far more vile place at times. Mm. That's one of the best things I've ever di- I ever did was um, quitting Facebook. Uh, but then you guys stop. But still follow us. <laughs> <laughs> the Soda Shed Podcast is a Facebook group. <laughs> I only quit it because it was just getting too complicated. Like people were people were crawling out of the woodwork and sort of like cyber stalking oh. me. So I was just kind of like, okay, this is a a pain in the ass. Well, you're never you're never truly free, Peter, because I know it's your birthday on Tuesday. Oh, yeah, yeah, big the big four eight. Is yeah. it? What are you gonna mm. What are you gonna do to celebrate? Well, I'm getting the gift that uh, every man wants. Uh, my mother in law is um, uh, flying in um, uh, on Tuesday morning, so that's that's my birthday. So, looking forward yeah. to seeing you, Am. Is that so? She can babysit, and you and Charlotte can go out. Uh, no, I don't think so. It's just, you know, and, uh, nice to see it. I am very, very lucky. I've got an incredibly lovely mother-in-law. So, mm. I mean, obviously there's a little bit of the um, Les Dawson's going on there, but sincerely it will be, you know, but that's anyway, that's my birthday. But, um, okay. I mean, you found it was my birthday, Matthew. Because the Facebook um, admin 
that you set up to start the the group oh, tells me right. it's your birthday. And yeah. last year I got wished happy birthday by loads and loads of people, and I was like, um, oh no, I guess that I guess <laughs> that must be Peter's birthday then. Um, wasn't, wasn't Les Dawson mentioned this week in the Archers? Yeah, he was. Uh, they were yeah. talking about. Well, this is this will tie in very tidily with what Peter was just talking about: mother-in-law jokes. Because mm. it was Kenton and Alistair talking over the bar at the Bull, like having Jill there. Oh, silent Jill! Thank heavens she's silent at least. With all well, she's pot, been, all the pots and pans out. She's been sounding off to Jolene, who's now her slave. It yeah, seems. But we don't have to hear her. That's the good thing. No, but it did kind of it 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 feeds the imagination, wasn't it? Because. Jolene said, Jill was helping me with community Christmas ideas. I thought she was probably going, we could crucify Ben on the green. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was really, I mean, I wasn't here last week, but like, yeah, but I hate you with every fibre of my being, Ben. It's just so, she's such an absolute, you know, C word. Mm. And, have, having, and having been to church as well, you know, like she totters off to church where supposedly you learn to be a benevolent being in theory mm. and then was an absolute tra- oh and also why obviously why she hasn't gone to stay with elizabeth because jolene's yes. quite chuffed about that isn't she um she feels like she's chosen kenton and her but actually it'll be because of the she abortion. can't go and see yeah she can't stay with elizabeth because it will come out uh, yeah. what actually said to ben and she could hang out in the east wing and just slag off ben with vince that's been that's been insane i i honestly find it difficult like so with george has been developed as a character paul's turned up and i was saying how much i like paul love denise really want the best for alistair but there's so few characters you feel like you can kind of um nail your you know colors to these days because like you look at Vince, I know Vince was trailered as a bit of a wrong and so fair play to them. I guess, you know, it's me being optimistic, but he's now just so irredeemably horrible and also horrible to the point it makes no sense anymore because mm-hmm. surely Elizabeth, would, if she had any, any of this came back to her via the, her numerous, you know, friends, she's quite good friends with Jolene, isn't she? I think mm-hmm. anyway, but they're friends with enough people that people, someone would just be like, you want to know what your boyfriend's up to? He's threatening your brother and your nephew in public in the local pub. But I mean, not only that, Beth was mortified. And I'm not saying I want Beth back in here. Beth was mortified that he'd even gone round to Ben's house. What is Beth going to do when she finds out he's withdrawing the finances from the loan or calling back the loan on Brookfield? And now, (laughs) pettiest of petty shite. Mm. demanding the eight grand back for the New Zealand trip. Which none of them wanted to go on. You know, it wasn't their idea. They didn't say, we'd like to go there. Will you pay for us? He foisted it upon them, didn't he? It's also not how it works, isn't it? Gifts. Mm. You know, I mean, there's certain things, there are certain things that are cultural and there's certain things that are kind of universal. I don't think in any society or culture anywhere in the world, you can Mm. give someone a gift and then try and claim it back later. It's it's the same energy. Yeah. It's the same energy as Rick Mail in Bottom when he buys that girl a drink and then finds out she's a lesbian and he says, Well, give me twenty five pence back. I bought you that Diet Coke in good faith. 
it's funny. There's a fantastic Matthew Berry, Matt Berry thing like that where he's walking around going, hello, my lady, or however he says it. And then as soon as he finds actually they've got a boyfriend, he, like, he just like smashes the drink from their hands. Oh, yes. on the floor. Yeah. I'll see if you can dig it out. But yeah. I mean, th- there's some of those out in the street, aren't there? And one of the, one of the women's carrying a plant pot or something. <laughs> and he just sort of throws it onto the floor. <laughs> he's very attractive, I think. You think he's attractive? Oh, he's on the yeah. he's on the he's on the the, the Warbis hit list. Yeah, definitely. Matthew, we need to work out. There's some <laughs> there's some kind of secret formula. Can we could we can we crack it and then build Kerry like you know some kind of love bot? Well, he's funny in quite a mad way. So, so yeah. you two better watch out. On a totally different tangent, I'm just looking at a strange note I've put in my notes. Go on. And um, it's a question: What creature? <laughs> would have a Lego piece stuck in its paw that you wouldn't <laughs> notice. And then you'd go, oh, I found it. Don't worry. There was a bit of Lego stuck in its paw. If it was something like a Komodo dragon, you might be distracted by it trying to tear your throat out <laughs> or something. But, you know, like any of the domestic animals, no. What was it? Did you hear what this creature was in the vet's practice? Oh, all of that stuff doesn't even make it into my brain, Kerry. I've got like an automatic filtering system just to kind of like uh, siphon all that stuff out. Because Alice just sort of said, oh, and next we've got Chuff Chuff or something. Four Set and Cashew, which I think is a band by the Dave Brubeck Quartet. <laughs> um, and Paul went, oh, don't worry, they've cancelled because she found that it was, she found the source of the pain. It was a bit of Lego stuck in the paw. I'm sorry. I just thought, what's this giant beast where you. There's Lego in its paw. And is it roaming around Ambridge? I wish it would. <laughs> it is it's quite weird how much we actually know about like the, the, the various pets of Ambridge. I mean, how many mm. can we name? Leo has made a fantastic spreadsheet about this with dates of the vet, their first mention and dates of death and the ones that are still alive. And it's scarily oh. detailed. It's in my Google Docs because he... he DM'd it to me or either tweeted it to me and I hit download and now it's in my Google Docs whenever I open. Um, <laughs> Bartleby is still alive. We know that. Pensioner's dead. Pensioner's definitely dead. Pensioner, pensioner. <laughs> yeah, definitely dead. No matter how many times. If you if you say it three times, Kerry, it comes back. Oh. Without having to go through the full list, there's, it is ridiculous how much we know about it. So, like, you know, you'd think they wouldn't want to make a rod for their own back by adding more more uh characters to the kind of mm. you know mammalian roster we're back to back to the pub right so mm. what what do we think about the whole warm space thing bloody ramona gen x bastards it was funny how kenton was going but that doesn't make business sense at all wasn't yeah wasn't he a socialist in 1974 when he was banging one out to Susie quattro what happened to his what happened to his moral values mm. But Jolene just wanted to be lovely, didn't and she? she was going once a week. And then when, when he heard that Fallon was doing it, it was like, oh, that's great because now we don't have to. Yeah, that's that whole thing, isn't it? Oh, someone else is helping the poor, so there won't be any poor anymore. Mm. Yeah. I, do, I mean, I don't, know how to, I don't know how to feel about their attempts to kind of try and bring some of these. I mean, they're mm. unfortunately evergreen topics politically, but they are quite zeitgeisty in terms of yeah. what's being reported in the press. I don't know whether to feel... Like, yes, this is kind of the remit of the show and I'm grateful that it's opening some people's eyes if they don't already feel 
sympathy and empathy or whether to be slightly bored because I'm already getting enough of it in real. I already having my heartstrings tugged enough in real life. I don't need to hear about any more pain and agony and especially when it's Tracy. But um, I mean, and also are, are they going to, you know, they're going to pack the place out. Yeah. Who who will rock up to the warm space? No one can travel to it. Cause if you, if you can't afford to heat your house, you're not going to, you know, get in a taxi to go to <laughs> a pub, at a, you know, <laughs> in a small village. Yeah, will it just be Tracy who works there anyway? Well, do you not think there was something a little bit cynical about the way that the angle of it was Tracy was like, no, we're all right. We're just layering up and I'm wearing three of Jazzer's jumpers and uh, and I'm looking forward to coming to work because of the fire. So there was no, there was, she wasn't, she wasn't coming from a position of being down about it, was she? She was, she was very positive. The dad who's freezing to death, she just keeps giving him more mugs of tea to to warm up. Well, she said a brew. We're not entirely sure what that could be. It could be some weird thing that she's a brew. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that does warm the parts. <laughs> Mold special brew. <laughs> Ooh, lovely winter oh warmer that is. Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> even I, even uh, even I didn't do that. No. <laughs> Shall I tell you the two bits that made me laugh out loud at the yeah. radio? It Please was yesterday <laughs> where it was the bit where um, Stella just seemed to invite us. I, it was great to have Stella back, by the way. Yes. I actually was in the kitchen. I punched the air and went, Stella! Um, <laughs> it was great to have her back. She's just invited herself around to Brookfield to just eat all their tea and biscuits for no reason. <laughs> David's mm-hmm. just there going, uh, all right, Stella, another biscuit? And in his head, you can hear he's like, what the f- are you doing? Counting here? how many pennies yeah. they are. <laughs> yes. And then Ruth walks in and David says, um, maybe I'll leave you to it. And Stella said, no, you can stay. And Ruth went, I prefer it if you leave. And I was just like, yes, brilliant. Yeah. Just, uh, she said, like, I, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't mind if you left, actually. Yeah. And there was another bit tonight, which, um, oh, God, I'm going to struggle to remember it now. There was something like, oh, you guys go on and it will come to me later. But oh, there was I'm a trying bit to right wonder on. what it will have been. I think it was something tonight, yeah. But um, Was it to do with David and Ruth? I hated that bit at the end with David and Ruth. I hope I hope it's in that bit. Yeah, that bit where she said um, um, he felt like the heart might have gone. And he said, well, we provide the heart here together. And I was just like, what? And she, he said, yeah, we have for a while. And I was like, well, not this must be pre-1997 because that's when I started <laughs> listening. <laughs> you haven't been doing it since then. Yeah, how deluded are they? They've just been at it, at each other, hammer and tongs. Oh, and that was, yeah, because the house is empty, isn't it? There's no Jill doing the stir-up shite. Well, it is just them now, isn't it? And the sex bedroom upstairs. Yeah. Newly furbished. I think they should just, just to spite Jill, they should invite Leonard to come stay. Hmm. Oh, what will Christmas be like? Do you think she'll have thawed out by then? Mm. Or will she be dead? That'd be quite nice. Put on some good TV, then I have to watch the Queen's speech. Yeah, Christmas with Jill be so bloody formal. She probably she probably does her own speech. I will never ever call Prince Charles the K word. Oh, never call him. You know, it would never be. I'll never say the King's speech or any of that nonsense. It was weird watching the footballers singing the national anthem. A couple of them got it wrong and said Queen's. Yeah, good, good on them. Yeah, and I think I would too. Isn't that just to piss off Qatar? I mean, I'm I'm old enough to remember when when Prince Charles was just that weird juggier twat who was always trying to interfere in you know um, town planning. 
Um, I mean, to give him his dues, he was way ahead of the curve when it came to the environment and stuff. But anyway, yeah, but I just think the Jill, it will be a very, very tedious Christmas and the best shot of her. They can put on, you know, Roadhouse mm. or Highlander, or one of the good movies. I just have to watch. <laughs> oh, all for it. All for it. Yeah. I think my, my, my Christmas present would be when Leonard realises what a cow she is and just ditches her. Mm. But the oh. thing is, Leonard's not lacking in confidence. So mm. it's not like he's some desperate old man. I feel like he's quite kind of well put together, Leonard. I think he yeah. appreciates himself. And he's lovely. If he knew what she'd said to Ben, I think it would change what he felt about her, don't you? I think he would definitely have it out with her. You, you, I mean, we're assuming that he 100% does not know. Because Kenton only found out today, didn't he? Um, or yeah. the, during the week, sorry. Yeah, and that was interesting. Yeah, because Ruth said, David should have told you this. But yes, what is David doing? But Kenton was fully supportive of it, wasn't he? He he said that it was appalling what his mum had said. Yeah. um, And there was that whole thing where he had the chat over the bar with Alistair and Alistair said, I never thought I would live with my dad. But, Mm. you know, and I was just like, there's only two things that, you know, it's the first first letters of their name, (laughs) living with Jim and Jill. There's no similarity, is there? Living with Jim is ultimately rewarding these days. Living with Jill, God knows. It's the lack of compassion, isn't it? Like, even if you have views like Jill's, I mean, you know, I think people could probably guess which side of the fence I'm on. But it's just the fact that she's lived in this world, lived around people making their, you know, making their decisions about their body, what they do with their lives, organising their lives according to their own personal values, and yet she still feels she can intrude or kind of like throw a weight around. It's like, well, same with Peggy. Same with, it's in fact, all the characters we dislike. <laughs> Peggy, Ruth, uh, Pat, um, and, you know, all of the things that these people have in common is that they, they, they oh, actually, Vince as well with Beth, and, you know, it's all these people who think they know better than their, mm. their family about how they should live their lives. And most of those people throw money around in a controlling way as well. Yes, exactly. They and if not money, if not money, access. Ugh. Can you two remind me what is the flood bar upstairs mm. named after the tragic flood in Ambridge? Oh God, you're asking the wrong bloody people here. I think you. I think, you, I, think you, I think that's right. Can we look it up? So that we actually have an answer. <laughs> when Adil Shah finally comes back, because he's been gone for about six months, and him and Roy open the new Grey Gables, will there be um, a kitchen <laughs> explosion suite? <laughs> uh, and you're standing on the exact spot where Linda still got massively disfigured. Yeah. There was a young lad, Blake, I think his name was, a slave. He was starving and hungry, so he thought he'd make some food after clear, cleaning the floor with petrol. It's, it's, not, it's not so funny when you say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> I've put flood bar in Google and the Daily Mail articles come up. Ooh. Oh, God. About Radio 4 listeners complaining about the bizarre coverage of floods in the arches. But the Daily Mail is an august publication. Oh God! I nearly, I nearly intervened in a in co- the co-op the other day. There was this mum and this daughter arguing their way around the co-op, and this the daughter was absolutely horrendous. She was just kind of, like, you know, sort of like, "Well, I don't like that. That's trash. I'm not having that." That's it was like she's all after the branded goods and all of the kind of like the own brand stuff she wouldn't touch. And her mum was trying to keep the cost of the basket down. They're obviously doing like a shop together, mm. and um, 
And so I was all on team mum. I was like, oh, she's got this, she's brought up this odious spoiled mm. daughter. And then they get to the front and then, and then she, then suddenly the daughter's like, look, mum, this'll make your day. And then she pulled a daily mail from the rack and gave it a little kind of like dramatic kiss. And um, after I'd cleaned up all of my vomit from the floor, <laughs> I was then considering like just saying that that's trash. That, yeah. that is. But I, I decided it was um, that my, unbraiding them publicly would be worse behavior than what they were doing but only could, just was it someone in particular on the front that they were kissing or just the the august publication itself? just that it was a it was a, a, a fantastic day that you know in in vile woke left-wing cat uh, it was a, a, a copy of the daily mail ripe for the plucking from the shelf you know if you can there, there are some very good clips and i they're very wise to it now in the supermarket, but to the heroes that still do this, they're great. Who go into Tesco's, pick up every copy of the Daily Mail, mm. and fuck it in the fridge where the where the milk is, and then take a photo of it, show what they did. But I think they almost have security guards on the Daily Mail now in certain in certain Tesco's because they know they're wise to it. Hey, do you think Jolene? Just going back to what we're supposed to be talking about, um, do you think she'll sus? jill's dementia or you know like she's she's supposedly in tune with jill it must be leading to either her hating her by the end of the week because kenton gave a sort of ultimatum didn't he like by the end of the week you'll want to get rid of her or do you think they will bond and she'll go yeah kenton i think there's, there's something up jolene will start singing and jill will go oh that's lovely jolene and jolene will be like oh well, maybe she does have more. dementia yeah <laughs> 
Right. <laughs> the central heating is on and I don't have to boil a kettle to wash up, <laughs> which I have been doing for 10 weeks. I mean, I, I really do feel for you, Kerry. We Our, our microwave broke this week and I, th- I felt like the <laughs> world had ended. I was like, oh, my God, I'm having to boil the milk in a pan. This is actually outrageous to make my posh coffee. <laughs> Um, but uh, so Elon Musk is trying to do to Twitter what mm. um, the the cruel fate has done to your heating system over the last few weeks. So uh, I mean, again, it might be days, it might be weeks, it might be months. But if people want, you know, want to make the the most of the dying days of Twitter, where do they go? Yeah, at the Cider Shed Pod is where to go. We've got two thousand seven hundred and thirty followers. <sighs> Um, I still need to do more following back of of kind people who have follow, followed us. So I'll try and do that on Sunday. Yeah. Got a busy day tomorrow. Uh, din- it's my mum's 79th birthday tomorrow. And we're going for dinner and going to see the Lavender Hill mob at the theatre. Oh, nice. And um, then I'm going to see Squeeze. Oh, no. Yeah. Are you? I am. I love them. Oh, I, lo- I tell you what, one of my favourite songs is Pulling Muscles. I absolutely oh. love it. Yeah. So lifelong ambition will be fulfilled tomorrow night. Are you going to be doing it down on Canberra Sands and Waikiki, Kerry? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. My, my favourite track by them is called Tempted. Oh, yeah, I know. But that was actually written by one, like a member of the band that never ever wrote songs, and they yeah, just but let he's got a great go voice, though. Yeah, mm. yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> so at the side shed pod, come play. Yeah, fantastic, and and um, you know, great numbers for Twitter. But uh, I mean, we never really sort of give out exact numbers, but we are pretty much a top three percent podcast now. I did the math the other day, which which does actually tell you that there are probably about 50 million podcasts but <laughs> we don't need to concentrate on that let's let's quote the statistic that matters so you know we're doing brilliantly and if if people want to uh, give us a helping hand um they can always go to patreon.com forward slash the cider shed there are three tiers any help very gratefully received we're about to release our christmas bonus so thank you to everyone who's who is contributing and we really, really appreciate it. Um, and Matthew, um, having um, slagged off Facebook earlier on, <laughs> if people are <laughs> interested, where do they want, where should they go? Well, there are some, the best people are on the Cider Shed podcast Facebook group. There's no wrong ones there. They're all great. Oh. Uh, come and join us there. We've had a couple of people join this week. Uh, intriguingly, after I went onto Twitter and said other things about other Facebook groups, so I don't know. And um, we have an Instagram where I posted earlier in the week a couple of our reviews and set one to Diana Ross just days before it turned no. out that Paul and Rory loved Diana Ross. Yeah, that was nice, wasn't it? When they played two tracks each for Diana Ross for their mums. Yeah, I thought they were just going to wang like a a pound into the jukebox and put seven dross numbers on. <laughs> At some point in the future, we will have to do a karaoke night. I do, yeah, I do like a bit of karaoke. Nineteenth of December. I can't. Well, we can't, do, can't do karaoke in a pub car park in Winchester, Kerry. Ka- karaoke. Hey. Hey. I got to I got to wheel out the human centipede joke last week for Charlotte and got a good got a good got a good laugh. 
Oh, I tell you, I bumped into Jake Shears on the number 55 bus yesterday from Scissor Sisters and had a right chat with him oh, talking of that. talking yeah. of singing and stuff. Yeah, lovely, lovely man. So Kerry's life is a uh, just endless stream of music acts bumping into them, going to see them, <laughs> um, hanging out with them. Obviously, there was a picture with Brian Ferry, a few uh, Brian Ferry's um, band a few weeks ago. Uh, so, yeah, have a fantastic time, Kerry. Send your mum our best. And Matthew, have an amazing time in Lisbon. I hope so. If I see Rory and Julianne, like, scrapping in the street and ripping their yeah. clothes off each other. Do the responsible thing. Get involved. And what are you up to, Peter? Oh, um, I will be packing the house up and boring stuff. But, no, I'm very happy to because I've been ill, as you know. And mm. actually, when you've been ill for a few weeks, just cracking on and catching up with life is exactly what you want to be doing. So I will be doing that with a smile on my face. Excellent. Have a lovely one, everyone. See you next week. See you guys. Bye. Hang on.